0: The good, the bad, and the Boucherian. The good, the bad, and the
1: Boucherian.
0: And folks, you're listening to The Good, The Bad,
1: and the Boucherian. The is a great equalizer, but then he links it to his own story where, you know, he was born in a rural part of of the country, uh, in a place called Mwembe, very few people may know that place. You know, and and sort of because of education, got the opportunities he's had and been able to come and be a doctor in Nairobi and build a life, you know, elsewhere. That's because of education. And so he, for him, it's a massive thing. And so that's kind of transcended down down to me as well. And for you, even from your own experience now, do you have you felt like education is a great equalizer? Uh, actually, I, I'm going to have to say no to that question because how can it be a great equalizer if access to education in, its own, in, in itself is not equal? Like, it, it can't equalize things that aren't equal. You know, it's, it's, it's some of us start. for example, I've been very lucky, very fortunate to, to, you know, to have gone to like Turi and then go to a school in Australia called Monash, you know, like that's me just being lucky. I've done nothing to deserve that, nothing. That's mm-hmm. from, from, from the good graces of my parents and God above. And then someone else maybe, you know, in Tokana and maybe doesn't have that kind of access. How can it be equal then? You know, like that, that's not equal. That, it doesn't equalize. When my parents were there, there was a, one time we had a sports day event. And I remember I was the fastest kid in school at the time. You know, I, hey! I, I just was, I, I just was the 200 meters. Yeah. Like I was, I was rapid. Um, but this particular day, I was, I was feeling arrogant and cocky. And so I made a few mistakes. I wouldn't say the mistakes because I don't want to make excuses. But I made a few mistakes. And, and eventually I lost the race. Because I was like, oh, I'm the fastest kid in school. No one's catching up to me. No matter what I do, I'm good. By the way, don't start a startup. That's my advice to anyone who wants to start a startup.
0: It's your boy Billy back at you with another episode. Hope you guys are keeping well, keeping safe amidst the pandemic and things are going well on your side as they are on mine. I told you guys we are still counting down to my 100th episode. So today, again, my guest in the studio is Bradley Mogere. I think we've recorded uh, two episodes before, yeah? So we'll talk a bit about that, where our heads were at at the time, where they are now. Again, Bradley is a student at Monash University. He is a co-founder of an edtech startup called Mafunzo. So he are telling us a lot about that, how his experience has been about success. Talking about how it is to be an ambitious man like himself. So, Bradley, haha, is been to struggle actually even starting this podcast here.
1: Hey, you guys. The listeners will never know. They'll never know the hustle. They'll never. Know. <laughs> wow. hey. yeah, I've struggled to get on here. Damn. Anyway, everything set. I'm using a bees. No Wi-Fi issue. I it's gets- Flow non stop like they who
0: could rather rather they
1: could rather rather Kavisa 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 says eh. I don't even forget the thing in the lock
0: Easy. Now, even now, you even sound good.
1: I, I sound good, Cindy. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah, I fixed everything. Now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. Now you're ready. <laughs> now ready. Could hey, you pair knowledge? Hey, no, no, it's in knowledge. you see the knowledge.
0: Ah, uh, you're ready for what now?
1: to entertain? I'm here, I'm, here as, I'm here as a joker. I'm here as a clown. <laughs> I'm here as the jester. <laughs> hey. uh, the, the
0: So, uh, so I confirmed that the episode, our mm-hmm. episode with Moses was first episode nine. Mm-hmm. What you guys are thinking about your story, story, and how you guys are being flown in by planes Easy. and whatnot? Uh-huh. And then, first part we do episode fifteen. Mm-hmm. Me you and Max, where we do. Uh, uh-huh. education. So well, the title was education and the title was this is your site to drop out yep, and yep, one yep. of us followed that advice so just remarks that he actually followed the advice of the <laughs> podcast <laughs> Uh huh. after strictly telling guys this is not it's a joke it's a joke and here we are now again uh, as we close season 2 and just as I was telling you earlier, just to where our minds were at at that time and how where we are now, like a lot has changed, mm-hmm. uh, both in our individual lives and also just for the podcast and all that.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: first, uh, now obviously, even for our friend group, like you guys going, you going to Australia, for example,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how was
0: that for you?
1: Uh, okay, before I even start on Australia, firstly, just looking back at all the progress, can we just say like a huge congrats to Billy for this platform? I mean, like it's it's lasted what 90 something episodes? I'm not even sure how many. And the consistency, that's like that's that's mad props, bro. Like honestly, big up, big up.
0: Ah, thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <And> then, um <laughs> as as for Australia, I think the thing, the thing with, with relationships whether it's friendships or like, you know, intimacy, it's always good to be there physically. So of course I'd say like the friendship like it's it's not changed, but the 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 consistency with which we keep up with each other has definitely changed. We used to play Monopoly like every weekend now hey. believe, bro. like it's <laughs> it's a whole different thing even even getting on a call together given one of us is in america one is in australia so, someone's in rwanda one is in kenya it's it's impossible to like get together you know yeah it's, like that struggle it's, it's it's been felt but um the relationship i think hasn't changed like the the the, the feelings and and the mutual respect is still there heading out first of all i think you you you're excited to a point but then you also realize that you're there for for a duty like you're there to do something And so, of course, you start off excited, but then given also the fact that I'm going to uni for the first time and like, well, that was like halfway between my second, halfway in my second year. Yeah, like that's, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like it's not like, you know, you're going for a freshers event and you're going to do stuff like, you know, get, get. I I wouldn't say the things here, but you go and get, have fun, you know. Like, uh-huh. like like that kind of stuff isn't there you' just you're there for a job now because it, it's got you're too far in to start joking around so the excitement is kind of there but not like you know the fresh as a, uh, a point yeah yeah and are you liking it so far uh I said I've learned a lot <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's the best I could say <laughs> uh-huh. um am I liking it I think it's been interesting. It's been like, there's like, one day i write a book, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed. And, and, and maybe I'll, I'll detail the story. But for now, I'll say it's been interesting. I've learned a lot. And there's, there's so much that's happened that I, I can confidently say I'm not the same person I was when I left eight months ago, I think, eight or nine months ago. Uh uh-huh. Yeah. So I think that's, that's, that's the beauty of it. And speaking of, of writing a book, you know, you
0: used to do fast threads, then you stopped. I told you you're a very good writer. That's oh, what I discovered. Like, like, wow, Brandon is a very good writer. Where have you been hiding all this? Thanks, I'm thanks, sure thanks. them who so you re- like to, to by writing the, them poems at least knew that side of you. The rest of us, like me, I didn't know that side. I was like, <laughs> wow, you know.
1: Brandon, should go to Australia more often. <laughs> you, this is what. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, think, I think a big thing I learned about uh, traveling is firstly, if you're traveling alone and you're staying alone, like you need somewhere to put the things you think like human beings have so many thoughts in a single day that you need somewhere to actually place them and so writing is like it's kind of an escape and and also it's it's nice it's, it's interesting to write and it's fun to write and it's fun to see your thoughts kind of planned out in a structured manner uh as for being a good writer thank you I I, do, I honestly I can't say because I, I don't do it for like I don't get paid i don't get paid <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if i'm good yet. or not <laughs> yeah. put a yet maybe yet 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 so
0: um
1: i don't get paid yet but but <laughs> i'll say this i think i think um the threads yeah they'll come back i, I took a small break from like twitter and social media but uh i, I made a couple the other day for books that i read recently so hopefully i'm coming back soon and um
0: now let's talk about uh education a bit right Summer. Again, obviously, now that you went there for education and whatnot, uh, in, our, uh, in the episode we did 15, we we're just uh, talking about the education system and saying how uh, the current education system in Kenya, for example, is outdated mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so do you still share the same sentiments? And how would you compare the, mm-hmm. the education system in Kenya as you've experienced it and now the one in Australia?
1: Uh, okay, speaking of writing, I wrote a piece on the CBC, Mm-hmm. and uh just generally the education system in kenya i think where we're at right now it's, it's like we're in the middle of a transition period the problem is this transition period is taking too long so it's like you know you want to shift to the new system quickly so people get acclimated to the new to the new norm but um things are up in the air currently i'm hearing rumors of boarding school being abolished i'm, I'm hearing rumors of they want to reevaluate the cbc and, and that kind of stuff and so like it's very hard to comment on uh, Kenya's current education system. Because I, quite frankly, it's very hard to tell what it is and what, what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but to compare it to Australia, I'd say that uh, I was very surprised at how readily Australia adopted like um virtual learning, and and I mean that not because of COVID. I mean that because uh now they 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 want you to learn or like have your lectures virtually and then come to class and have uh tutorials. We call them tuts. Uh, to like now discuss the content of the lecture so like i haven't been to a lecture room <laughs> ever <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah seriously Seriously. Mm-hmm. having me like a, you know a lecture hall where you have your note, notepad out or, or your laptop out and you're typing notes as a teacher is giving a lecture that hasn't happened to me in my entire college 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 life what has happened is you know i have a lecture virtually and then i go to class to then talk about um you know, let's say, the content of this particular topic and then try and dissect it with my, with my classmates. Um, but yeah, I've never had a lecture. That's
0: crazy. I think, as, you know, I thought now you're going to do physical proper, proper. So you and me, same was up.
1: Same was up. Only issue is I, I do, like, I do, so it's the, the tutorial things kind of ends up being a lecture because no one talks. Like, people are very shy. It's, it's very similar to, like, Kenya, where no one wants to put their hand up and answer the questions but um, it's structured in a manner that's supposed to be, you know, like a conversation. We're supposed to talk to each other about the content and learn from each other and, like, help each other out, but that doesn't happen. It ends up being another lecture, but, like, I've never actually sat in a, let's say, two-and-a-half-hour lecture besides my brief stint at Strathmore. I haven't actually done that. But then again, for you, how
0: are you coping that system for you? Because I'm, I'm, the way your mind works and the way I know you, mm-hmm. probably, like, you love the conversation and discussing and, mm-hmm. you know, Learning the way it's supposed to, uh, like the way the system is set Mm -hmm. out. But now it turns into like a sort of lecture again. For you, Mm -hmm. how is it? Is it? Are you feeling like ah, what is this again? Or are you? Uh,
1: Mm -hmm. oh yeah, no, I I agree with you. Like I, I, I do prefer to learn from other people in terms of like having a conversation. So for me, it's very, it's very anticlimactic. I mean, like Mm -hmm. you go, you go there to have, to be, to be to be involved in the university c- culture, but then you end up feeling as if I could have done the same stuff at home. Like I could have no. still sat and watched the recorded lectures at home and gotten the same content I wanted. So that that, that whole thing of being present and learning from other people. And I think it's, it's not really a problem of the university. I think it's more the students who are sort of not keen on partaking in that sort of, you know, uh, yeah. version of education. Also, I think the other thing with Australia, which heavily impacts the education style is the fact that there's so many immigrants which isn't a bad thing like it's always good to invite people to your country but then now because most of them speak different languages no one's like for example i'm in a class full of uh like let's say there's only two caucasians i'm the only african kid and then there's um most of it is majority like east asian and so you're like okay these guys don't speak english there's only two people three people who speak english inclusive of myself and so of course, any conversation that starts has to be from us. And then those two guys don't want to speak, so it has to be from me. And so you you end up speaking a lot. And then it's it's just, it doesn't feel like a conversation. It feels like a monologue. And so again, it's very yeah,
0: Yeah, I get that. But now my listeners won't uh, be amused with me if I don't ask you one very, one question that I have to ask you. Go Go ahead, go ahead. Which is, what sparks your interest in education? So, obviously, I probably will tell the listeners later about uh, Mafunzo mm-hmm. and you running a startup on EdTech and all that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. for you, what sparks your interest in education? Because, again, you've talked about you just looking at CBC, looking at uh, education systems. Episode 15 definitely also points to that. So, mm-hmm. for you, what has always been this thing about education that really interests you where a lot of people would be more last like and not see the value? Because, you mm-hmm. know, education, as you said, even Episode 15, where guys are like, ah... No, education is not everything, what's not. So for you, what is it about education?
1: Uh I think and what is education? <laughs> what is education? Let me start with that one. I think education is um I think education is just learning. There's formal education, as we said earlier on in the in the episode 15. It's 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 formal education is the school system and the curriculum that you actually learn. But then there's education where that's just life in general. Every single second your eyes are open, you're learning something new. Like you're looking at things, you're picking up Knowledge, your 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 understanding the world around you. You're constantly learning. That's the beauty of life. Um, so I think from that point of view, that's the first inspiration. Second inspiration for me, or the second spark that I got, is I think um, my 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 dad's dad was actually a teacher, if I'm not wrong. Really? My, yeah, my late grandfather. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. And then also my my mom's dad, my grandfather, uh, runs a school. So it's like. It's, it's kind of been in the family, sort of. Mm. Um, but also that, that being put on, I also kind of value the fact that the world around us is so complex and trying to understand it, hence education, is one of the few things that human beings can do. Like, it's one of the things that sets us apart from different animals. Like, other animals work on instinct. We work on knowledge. Like, we, we understand things and then develop things towards a particular end. So technology... Uh, engineering whatnot, that's all because we have to learn and adapt to our world. Other animals, that's instinct that helps them adapt to, to their world. And so I think it's always good to, 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 you know, to value education because that's what makes us human, I guess. Mm, interesting.
0: I've never actually thought of it from that perspective. That's actually very interesting. So what for us as uh, learners, uh-huh. should you always expect out of education? Because I think a lot of us expect, you know, they tell us education is is it the key... And, you know, obviously in a third in a world country where a lot of people are tarmacking and mm-hmm. a lot of people lack jobs and a lot of unemployment, a lot of people mm-hmm. tell you that uh, education is now redundant, we don't need to, you don't need a degree. You know, you've, we've had that talk time and time mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. But definitely there's value in education, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what is this value we should expect out of education aside from the general go to school and now get a job?
1: Uh Okay, I'll start off with... I missed one thing in the earlier question, but I'll start off with that. Um, my dad actually has a saying, which is, you know, uh, education. Well, it's, it's actually a very, very common saying. So, my dad's, let me not say it's my dad's, it's a common saying, but he says it a lot. <laughs>
0: it's, it's
1: education is a great equalizer. But then he links it to his own story where, you know, he was born in a rural part of, of the country, uh, in a place called Mwembe. Very few people may know that place. You know, and, and sort of because of education, got the opportunities he's had and been able to come and be a doctor in Nairobi and build a life you know, elsewhere, that's because of education. And so he, for him, it's a massive thing. And so that's kind of transcended down down to me as well. That also links to the importance of education because as much as we may try and overlook it, what you know goes a long way in impacting how far you go. Like if I have a certain amount of knowledge, I can then, you know, tailor the world to suit my particular end. So if I want to be a doctor, an engineer, if I want to run a company, I have to look for certain knowledge in those particular areas. Um, the other thing about education is that it's not. Don't limit yourself to like a degree. Don't say, "Oh, I, I want to get a degree," and then that's it. <laughs> like a degree is good, but quite frankly, I don't think a degree like is, is the end of education. It doesn't certify like you know you being the the perfectly educated human being. And I think education is an ongoing process, and you have to keep on learning, reading books. I, I think is one of the biggest things. That, that I find really helps with learning. Um, another thing is just being curious about the world around you, trying to find out why things happen the way they do. Why does a bridge stay up? Why does why does the world, you know, why are policies made in this particular direction? So th- that kind of stuff, that curiosity, I think it's a big thing um, in terms of just bettering yourself in the world. And for you,
0: even from your own experience now, do you, have you felt like education is a great equalizer?
1: Uh, Actually, I, I'm going to have to say no to that question because how can it be a great equalizer if access to education in, its own, in, in itself is not equal? Like, it, it can't equalize things that aren't equal. You know, it's, it's it's some of us start, for example, I've been very lucky, very fortunate to, to you know, to have gone to, like, Turi and then go to a school in Australia called Ash. You know, like, that's me just being lucky. I've done nothing to deserve that, nothing. That's mm-hmm. from, from, from the good graces of my parents and God above. And then someone else maybe you know, in Turkana and maybe doesn't have that kind of access, how can it be equal then? You know, like that, that's not equal. It doesn't equalize, even mm-hmm. if you learn how much, you know. So I'd say that formal education may not be the great equalizer, but if, if a person in Turkana is a lot more curious than I am, they will definitely go ahead and, and surpass me in, in any educational pursuit. But for the person in, in Turkana,
0: what um, sparks this curiosity but again i think for me when i'm talking about curiosity i think it stems from your environment the things you see the things you read the conversations you hear and that's why you get curious so if these conversations are not around you are you able to get curious
1: i think um i think firstly you're right in the sense that your environment does to a very large extent play a part in how how curious you are about the world around you you know if, For example, uh, the dinner conversations I've had with my parents, that kind of sparked my curiosity to to try and learn further. That being said, I think that a person in Takata, for example, can have the same curiosity, but in a different area. For example, Mm -hmm. if their conversation is surrounding agriculture or why do we not have this, that or the other in in our society, that can then spark curiosity. Like, oh, why don't we have these kind of hospitals in our community? Why don't we have this kind of teaching in our community? Why do we do this culturally you know, in our community, that that kind of curiosity can lead them to greater points and greater heights. Um, it may not be the same curiosity as I have, you know, trying to yeah. dissect different things in, in in my own sphere of my own sphere of learning. But in their own, you know, environment, they can have curiosity about certain things that they can they, they can learn from and and try and understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, that's how I see it.
0: And for you, do you have a dream? As someone once said, that uh, one day <laughs> uh-huh. education. Could be equal
1: that they're going to
0: kind of the same access that Bradley, Billy have gotten.
1: Uh, I, I pray for that day. Um, I really hope it will come. My problem is that I'm a very pragmatic idealist. So, <laughs> what I mm. mean by that is, I see the world for what it is, and I still hope for what it can be, you know. So, yeah. yes, I do hope that one day, um, um, that education will be equal. Do I think it's Extremely likely, maybe not. It might take a lot more work and a lot more time than we than we would like it to, but it, it is possible. And as long as it's possible, I think we should at least strive for it. So that, that's that's I think the best I can respond to that. And so now that you talk about CBC now connecting it with this, do you think
0: I one of the why they want to change the curriculum was to bring up more wholesome mm-hmm, mm-hmm. children mm-hmm, who are probably more vast in various in various skills mm-hmm. plus can be able to find their passions in various different things. Mm-hmm. So for you now with your research that you've done on CBC, do you think it's something viable? Is it something Kenya is ready for? Is it a first, actually even far right of the bad, do you think it's actually a good idea? Because maybe I'm asking you all these things and maybe in your head you're just thinking this thing <laughs> is crap. So do you uh, think it's actually a good idea?
1: Um I think I think it's good in the sense that it kind of as you said, it diversifies your learning, which is always a beautiful thing. Um, quick segue. Really sorry, quick segue. Uh, one of the things that I've learned this year is that you shouldn't try and box yourself into a particular character. Like you're not just, for example, a lawyer or a doctor or a, or an engineer. You can be a lot more than You can be a lawyer who plays football on the weekends, piano on Wednesdays. Paints on Thursdays, like you can be all those things. It mm. has a podcast on on Mondays, you know, or on Sundays, you know. You can be all those things. That's that's how that's what the human being is. And so the beauty of CBC is it allows you to explore the diverse the diversities of your mind, basically. Um, I also like that it it kind of breaks down learning to more levels. I don't think that trying to rush people into you know high school or whatnot is good. However, I've also seen that the 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 CBC puts, I think, grade sevens in, in high school, which is a contentious point. Um, what I would say is that it's it's going in the right direction. I, it's not there yet. It's not perfect. It needs to be kind of chiseled out and, and refined, but it is going in the right direction in that it's diversifying people's learning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, and it's interesting that
0: you speak of that because uh, even with my last week episode with Marx, mm-hmm. you talked about how... Um, the world is moving from a more specialist to general, like, generalist uh, point of view. Where mm-hmm. obviously, for our parents uh, and uh, the generation before us, to set mm-hmm. themselves aside, they'd be told totally specialize in this and that. But mm-hmm. for us, uh, you need, as you said, multiple skills. Like you need a lawyer who's also a podcaster
1: mm-hmm. who
0: also does boxing, who also does. You know, like mm-hmm. as you said, the, our mind is very diverse, and we can, mm-hmm. and uh, probably CBC allows you to explore that. But again do you feel like cbc mm-hmm. is making the barrier of uh, equality even larger compared to 844 whereas in 844 really the biggest trouble is just getting access to books all over right so but as long as you could try read and get something and you know regurgitate the material you're good enough but now in cbc you know, with all with doing all these things that I bring brought to your table, all these skills. So obviously, there are a lot of things like material, like for paper, mm-hmm. you need staple, like you know, all these creative things they do. Mm-hmm. You need chicken. I hear they even need chicken sometimes. They need sugar <laughs> and all these things.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: You need a photocopier, a printer, a laptop to do some of these things. So mm-hmm. do you feel like it's it's closing the the barrier, or is it widening the gap of inequality now?
1: I think. Um, This now goes back to my pragmatic slash idealist self. I think that it's doing a good thing in that it's, it's getting you to be creative with your mind. Um, The kind of assignments they get are different and they're very interesting. And I always see people like carrying manila paper from the shop and whatnot. And it's like, what are you guys going to make? You know, that's, Mm. that's, that's, that's a fun thing. But also on the other hand is manila paper costs money. Having a printer costs money. And so for the people who don't have that, they then get disenfranchised in, in their learning. Um, I'd say it's, a, it's, a, it's hard to find the perfect balance and, and in that I sympathize with the government. But but I think what this does is it puts the onus on the parents to be creative with their children's learning. I think one of the big things we always overlook is the role of parents in, in children's upbringing and learning. Well, not upbringing, but maybe learning. Yeah? It's that cho- parents often dump their kids in school and expect like their kids to be sort of you know finished when they're done with school. It's like, no, that's not how it works. You're supposed to have you're supposed to be involved in their learning throughout their entire educational journey. And so this thing of having assignments where you've got to get, let's say, your dad's help or your mom's help. The other day I had Ruto saying that his daughter asked him for help. I'm not sure if that's true, but you know, if, if it is, it's a good example of what learning should be. It should be a whole immersive experience where parents are involved as well. And so parents of kids who may not be as financially um, um, fortunate, they can still make the best of what they have if they are creative. And I think, again, it it goes to test your uh, creativity as a student, as a a learner. So yes, they may be a bit unlucky, but they can still make do with what they have if their parents are dedicated. Mm -hmm. And so
0: now you're all for, now parents, because now we've seen again on Twitter that uh, a lot of parents also complain that how much they've had to get involved with uh, their children's learning. So you're A for that, like, yes, this is what because you said a lot of parents dump their children in school, expecting teachers to do the most of the parenting, Mm-mm. instead of them. So you're all for that. And now, if if so, what do you think about this whole closing boarding schools for primary? Do you think that is a good idea, or you have a uh, contrary
1: opinion? I'd say I'd say no. Boarding schools aren't a bad thing. They're like uh, I think we've 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 sort of characterized boarding schools as this evil thing that that. That exists. Now, before I answer that question, actually, let me go to your first question. Uh yes, I'm all for for parents being involved in 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 education. Like, how can I not be? That's like (laughs) your job is to educate your child. Like that, you you just get the teacher's help. But as a parent, it is definitely your role to educate the child. I understand it's hard. Parents have a hard time because they have work, they have to go shopping for food, especially mothers who end up taking care of kids. You know, they have all these things, things to do that it's it's very hard to then come in the evening and say, okay. I'm helping you with homework, and as kids, I remember as a child, it was always mom who I wanted to help me with homework, not dad, because it's like dad was hard, you know. You're like, like I want mom. I like, guess math homework. I want mom to help me with. So like it's like it's it gets kind of strenuous on, on on the mother especially, but I think if the parents can can sort of balance that out together, it's always more. It's always a better experience for the child. Now back to your to your further question, um, I think that boarding schools. Because I went to boarding school in uh, year 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 seven, which was prep school, primary school, um, and for me it was it was an amazing time. I had 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 a blast. Honestly, um, I think we've made our boarding schools like this prison kind of thing because of the way we've we've had our teachers run the schools or had had the schools run. You know, it's kind of like like a boot camp, you know. But if you actually tailor the boarding school to then be 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 focused on learning instead of punishments focused on on growing like the child's mind and the child's character instead of trying to always knock them down i think you'll find that boarding school isn't innately a bad thing it's the way we run it that's bad so no i I don't think closing boarding schools is a good idea i think changing them is a better is a better way to go so what would we change it to again
0: now seeing that now how and again how would parents be more involved in their children if their children went to boarding because obviously i've seen Again, there's two sides of the coin where guys are saying, yes, they're all for closing it that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If it's equality, you're achieving quality by, if you close the boarding schools, meaning in your locality, you'll make sure the schools around you mm-hmm. are very good. Mm-hmm. So Billy won't have to go all the way to a school in Kisumu to get mm-hmm. good education. Mm-hmm. But however, wherever he is, mm-hmm. the, the parents, associations, and teachers will make sure the schools around Billy mm-hmm. will improve because now a lot of schools become La like Cluster saying that, ugh, you know, after all, we are an extra county school, so we wouldn't do our best. Mm-hmm. And so they don't, they don't pull up their socks because they're comfortable. And then, okay, so that's one argument for uh, closing, uh, closing boarding. And then another argument for closing boarding would be, obviously, the trauma that 844 has instilled on people, mm-hmm. where, obviously, again, with boarding and you having children growing up, there has to be a sort of discipline. Mm-hmm. And this is now a question I'll ask you far later, but again, you know how they say Gen Z are a bit more mellow and uh, we're mm-hmm. not as tough, you know, <laughs> as they uh-huh, want us uh-huh. to be. Uh-huh. So they want us to, they want to wake you up at 3. five a.m., log you the class, all that. yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that inflicts a lot of trauma to children. And so closing schools would mean that parents are more responsible, more involved.
1: Mm-hmm
0: on the children so and that's one side of the coin then there's other mm-hmm. side where boarding schools of course as you said the people who are escaping uh poverty hunger and so being in a boarding school guarantees them food which mm-hmm. is something i think i experienced in lance where some people would not go home during the holidays for some mm-hmm. of us we want to leave school even before school officially closes mm-hmm. but for some people they want to even stay in school the whole holiday because in school you're granted of every meal Mm-hmm. and not even necessarily every meal but you're guaranteed of a meal going back home would mean that you have to skip a meal or something
1: mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. or
0: go days, days on end without uh, a meal so obviously boarding school I'll give that piece of mind And obviously there's a lot of family wars and uh, you know parents doing their own thing so obviously a lot of children get distracted by that
1: mm-hmm. and so
0: boarding school is a good resort for that so for you on which side of the scale would you tip towards
1: i think I think that's a very loaded question Firstly, that's a great question um i think i think uh it's 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 hard to kind of say I'm all for one side and not the other. I kind of get both perspectives mm-hmm. um on the equality front uh I think that like being being in a boarding school doesn't necessarily like make make you any more or less equal than having day schools only you know i think uh it may be it may seem enticing at first but i think mm-hmm. that, like equality boils down to the quality of education like you could have a few resources but if the teacher knows how to teach then it's going to like you're going to get taught <laughs> it's not good like you're not going to get lost somewhere um that's the first point um i think also with the cbc being heavily uh focused on parents being involved i'd say that I can see how you could say boarding school is a is a bad 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 plan because you're you're literally moving kids from their parents and putting them in a far off place. But I have a quick story in that, like really quick. Okay, it's not a quick story, but I'll make it quick. Um, we used to have these visas. I remember you came for a visa once in in Turkey. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> Good times. <laughs> great times. Great times. And I think I think uh, one of the things that actually I learned one of my biggest life lessons life lessons over a visa. My parents would always come for like they'd come for every visit. In fact, there was a time I was thinking, "Can you not come so I can stay in the boarding house and watch a movie with my friends and whatnot?" You're but, not like, serious? Dead You're ass, serious. Dead ass. No, no, seriously, seriously. <laughs> I think because because like all the cool guys were in the boarding house. You're like, yo, mom, let me stay in the boarding house," you know. <laughs> but but like, if your parents actually want to be involved, they will they will take the financial hit to come to 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 uh, Molo and come and see you. And again, I also understand that. Being said, I'm very lucky to be in the situation I'm in. But also at the same time, when my parents were there, there was a, one time we had a sports day event. And I remember I was the fastest kid in school at the time. You know, I, hey. I, I, I was 200 meters. Yeah. Like I was, I was rapid. Um, but this particular day, I was, I was feeling arrogant and cocky. And so I made a few mistakes. I wouldn't say the mistakes because I don't make excuses. But I made a few mistakes. And, and eventually I lost the race. I can tell the story in much greater detail, but time, time, time. Anyway. We have time. Let's take a look
0: through you. Kuna time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, okay, let me tell the story. So, so it, it, it's on a Sunday, usually, I think, the uh, sports day was. And uh, I remember I woke up and, and we were at the hotel and I had, like, a massive amount of sausages because I was like, oh, I'm the fastest kid in school. No one's catching up to me. No matter what I do, I'm good, you know. And my dad turned to me as I was eating and he's like, Bradley, don't you have a race today? And I told him, dad, it's easy. You don't even stress, yeah. And then so we get to the race. And for you guys who've done, like, athletics, there's usually what happens is you go and wait, when, like, if you're the race, if, if you're two races before that or after that, you go and wait in a tent and then let the two races go by and then you go to the, to the blocks and start. And so when you're in the tent, that's when you start feeling the pressure. Because, like, now you're, you're looking at your competitors, you're feeling kind of hot. And, and it's, it's honestly, it's the most thrilling moment of, like, any any race, that, that tent bit. Because once you start running, you're not, you're, not, you're not caring about anything else. Yeah. So I'm in the tent and I'm feeling my stomach is a bit heavy. But I look around and I'm like, I, I have this. Like, it's, it's not going away from me, you know. Then we get to the blocks and i look around and of course everybody expects me to have it i haven't lost a race yet at, at this point in my in my very very short career and and uh i remember i ran the race and usually what happens in the 200 meters is like we all like the, the start is staggered so a few guys start in front few you guys start behind because you're starting going to bend and so we take off you don't really know where anyone is until you hit the straight so I'm taking off. I'm feeling good. It's like okay, I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm feeling like I'm I'm really in the lead. And then we hit the straights, and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. There's a guy in front of me. Like this, this doesn't happen. This is new to me. I'm like, this is new. To uh, me. So I'm there. I'm trying to chase him down, like running after him. And and and, well, I don't make it. <laughs> to be frank, I don't make it. Um, and he wins the race, and I come second. And and for me, my belief is second is the first loser. Okay, and, I don't yeah. believe that anymore. That's a toxic belief. But you know, I'm a very competitive <laughs> human being. So second is the first loser. <laughs> So, you know, I, I'm there, like, I finished the race, and, like, usually what they do is they come and put a sponge on your head to, like, cool you down. And I, I'm there, hands akimbo, the sponge is, like, water trickling down my head, and I'm just looking, like, what just happened? Like, what just happened? And so then, my, my, like, I, get, I start getting tears in my eyes, and I feel like, oh, no, I've, you know, I'm really, like, I'm dejected. I'm completely dejected. And so I walk, I walk to my parents, and I find them in the car, and I walk to my parents and I, I go to my dad and I say, I, I quit. I'm not, I'm not running again. Because I had two more races. I had the relay and I think something else. Um, and so I, I'm like, dad, I quit. I'm not running anymore. And he turns to me. Yeah, this is what I, this is what I mean. Parental involvement is a big thing. Like being involved in your, kids, in your kids' education is a massive thing. So in that moment, he turns to me. And he says, and he says, uh, Bradley, <laughs> in this family. In fact, he, looks, he didn't laugh. He looks at me dead in the eye. And he's like, Bradley, in this family, we don't quit. It's okay to lose. That happens. That's life. But quitting, that's a no-go zone. So it says, Mm. like, you'll do the next race, and you'll do the race after. And whatever happens, trust me, we love you, and it's fine. You know? And so I kind of felt, like, armed up again. And I don't know. I actually don't remember what happened in the next races. But I remember feeling like, yes, like, I feel good now. You know? And I learned a very vital lesson that day that it's okay to lose. It's okay to, like, you know, come last in a race. But not trying, that's a worse thing to do. And so like, again, diverse, diverse, diverse learning, learning on, on the field, learning in class, that's one thing I learned from my parents you know, from, from the field. And so that's why I say like, you know, in a boarding school, it's still possible to have parents be involved if they take the initiative, if they take the action. Another thing is technology. Like today, if, if the one thing I think Kenya is really backward on is allowing technology in schools. If you can allow parents to like call their, call their kids, like maybe text them or whatnot, they could still have a role to play even in boarding school. And the kid could still, because the one thing I loved about boarding school is being able to interact with a diverse range of human beings. You've got people who, their parents work in the UN, some are here on scholarship, some have the wealthiest parents, some are from different countries, and you're getting to be in that environment with them and see and learn from all this, all this, you know, ethnic and cultural and financial diversity. And it's, it's a beautiful experience, honestly. Um so yeah, that's that's on the parents' role. Uh, you also mentioned Gen Z not being tough and trauma. <laughs> I, I really I really I really take take I don't take offense, but I, I kind of I don't like that uh, sentiment because mm. Gen Z is tough in a different sort of way. We don't need to be tough, you know, walking barefoot to school. No, no, we don't we don't need that because school uh, shoes are quite 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 common today, you know. Or we don't need to be tough in that we're gritting our teeth or trying to do something daring or, or trying to you know uh carry a bag full of books that weighs so so much you know that we don't need that kind of toughness because now we have laptops that we can put all our content in the kind of toughness that gen z needs today is different but it's still equally as tough like one of the things i've learned um going to going to going to uni is that social media can be such a such a such a bad thing and learning how to handle it, which is something I think should be taught in schools, by the way, is a massive benefit to your mental health. Like you really, you really need to learn how to control and use social media, use it to your benefit and limit it from affecting your mental health. So Gen Z is still tough, but we have a different kind of tough. The trauma aspect, I think that comes into how the school is run. I think when you let students run the school, they then take matters into their own hands and then they start dishing out punishment in their own way. And they start sort of, you know, uh beating kids bullying kids chasing kids down you know that's when when you leave schools to be run and like from what you told me about alliance it's like the teachers would be there during the daytime but the nighttime that belongs to prefects you know Mm -hmm. and and so if you can at least teach the prefects how to better run the school or have teachers there to like oversee how they run the school that would be of great benefit to like the culture of a boarding school uh finally you also mentioned um escaping poverty uh, yes, boarding schools do help with escaping poverty, and again, I'm pro that all the way. Um, we used to have a thing in Turi called uh, we, used to, we used to hand out porridge to kids in school, and that's one of the big things that I think Sakaja also tried to push, is having kids who don't get food at home come to school and get fed there, because that really helps them. And so in boarding school, if let's say you come from a harsh environment, boarding school can be your escape, and I think that's a good thing about boarding school. Um, family, family distraction, like, yes, families do have tiffs and they do have fights and it's always better to be i wouldn't say it's better to be away from that but it's always better not to have those kind of situations and so being in boarding school may help you escape your family's um troubles but at the end of the day it's your family so i think that that like boarding school shouldn't be an escape from your family you should you should try and again these are kids i can't really put any responsibility on kids but the parents should be aware that even as you're having any familial trouble your kids are learning from that and so you shouldn't dump your kids in boarding school say we're going to have our fights at home let our kids be in boarding school so we can have our toxic relationship here no fix your relationship teach your kids good manners within a relationship and and try and you know not have to send them away so you can have your your own fights you know yeah that's i think i've covered all the points you made
0: yeah and one day i'm gonna take i'm gonna take you to the children's court and you see how bad parent fights are because it's very crazy you'd actually, when you go there, you'd actually be like, yeah, uh, you'd recommend for them to go to boarding. Because again, I uh, realized something about uh, human relationships are very peculiar. Mm-hmm. And they're not very straightforward. Because again, um, being in court for me has, taught, has opened my eyes a lot. Mm-hmm. As well as seeing how many divorce cases we handled in a day, then obviously you see, uh, like for me, I was telling my parents the other day how me and my bro- if God forbid they were to die, me and my brothers wouldn't fight for you know, mm-hmm. whatever they've mm-hmm. left behind. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was just saying it from a perspective for, i.e. we are family, where are guys are fighting. Mm-hmm. Then you realize, you actually come to the real one and realize you know, people actually fight for these things and you don't understand where it comes from because mm-hmm. when the parents were alive, all this poor were cordial. Then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, even the guys with the most wealth Mm-hmm. Start fighting
1: what you see, and just like bro, where's all this coming from? You know, <laughs> yeah, no, I get you, I get you. I think like look, the family this, this is a slight segue, but the family thing is I think relationships are hard, and, and yeah, and being in a marriage and then having kids doesn't take away the fact that you're still married, like the kids don't make the marriage any easier, like you still have to maintain the relationship, take care of the relationship, protect the relationship, work hard in the relationship, and Yes, it may fall apart. My point is that, like, I understand sending the kids away to be away uh, to be to avoid that kind of messiness, but the ideal situation is that parents should be wise enough to realize that the priority during a breakup or during a separation is the children. Like, you guys are adults; you can you can handle the separation. The kids, that's a different story, and you should you shouldn't send them away. Make them feel like they're away from the family; they're a separate entity. That oh, mom and dad really don't care about them. They're sending them away to just stay while they deal with themselves, find a way to actually understand how they may feel with the separation. And also at the same time, you know, let them down easy. Cause you're going to have to tell them, but try and make it such that they don't feel disrespected. They don't feel isolated. They feel as if they're still very much in the hearts of the parents. I think that's the ideal. I hope for the ideal, but I'm a very pragmatic person and so I'll say that yeah, to some extent boarding school can help with, with mm. it. Protecting kids.
0: Yeah, because even in court they'll always take them to mediation before they do all these divorce manuals because you know obviously in the system it's very adversarial. So they'll mm. always recommend them go do mediation. You guys maybe you can reconcile, but yeah, you know. So yeah, what you said makes sense. And then again, also just again Regina, note what you said about parents being involved. I think it's very true that if a parent wants to be involved, they'll be involved. Because you yeah, me was in boarding mm-hmm. and for all our events, my parents never missed. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, if there's one thing at least I can't take away from my parents, is uh-huh. that that for the school things, that they, was were <laughs> yeah. they, they were there. They were there. They're
1: coming. They're coming. They're
0: coming. That was a debate for, oh, hey, can we, Because I remember for us, mm-hmm. ours, was not, uh, ours was called what? Clinics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they used to happen on Saturday, so obviously my parents Sabbath keeping. So for them, they wouldn't attend on that day. But they come obviously they would come in the evening to bring me mm-hmm. food because mm-hmm. obviously you know there's that feeling where everyone else is being visited, then you're not being visited is exactly one yeah. of the worst things. I'm so mm-hmm. glad my parents never made me experience that. That's that's nice. Um, that's very nice to hear. Yeah, but you know when you think about people who experience that, it's just very wow. So they they come in the evening, but then during the next week. Either my mom or dad will always make sure they've come to school to mm-hmm. not talk to my teachers. Yeah, that's say, the worst thing. Oh, I hated
1: I, I hated those like we, we could call them consultations. I hated <laughs> them, bro. Like, cause <laughs> here I am. Cause let me say the honest truth, honest truth, honest truth. Like, I, I I I'm not the best in educational formal education. Like I, I I slack. You know, like like I'm not the kind of guy to go and start studying. I promise you, I haven't sat down and studied for longer than two hours my entire life. Yeah, that's mm. that that's sort of flex. That's a bad thing, kids. If you're listening to this, don't do that. No, it's yeah. a flex. Everyone has a, the ability, yeah. No, yeah. But the thing is, like, the way I see it is, like, people think that I, I'm, I'm in no way, like, intellectually superior to anybody in any way, shape, or form. But I have, like, I, I can retain knowledge or retain stuff that I, that I read. The problem is that as much as you can retain, there is so much that you'll miss a few things. And so, like, what, what tends to happen is that. Like your teachers will notice you. Like they'll see you passing. That's okay. You pass, but they'll know that you're not doing your best. And so, when every yeah. single time, every single time my parents would come, the one the one thing that stood out is he's a he's a a coaster like a coaster. Like he, like he'll coast through the through the through the the exam. Yeah, coast through the class. You know, they'll be like, and then they'll always say he has so much potential. Exactly, a potential <laughs> thing. He has so much potential. I'm like. <laughs> that's uh, the line that's a line you know that's a line and it was like we your painful because then what happens is when well, now we're sitting to eat down they're sitting down to eat like my parents now come and they start telling you you know Bradley, we've had the same message since you were a child since you were a child i'm like hey bro like relax man <laughs> <You know? laughs> but anyway i think like honestly honestly i used to hate i'm glad they came in retrospect but in the moment i did not like those consultations right yes in retrospect you're like definitely even you as
0: a, as a parent you're Want to be show sure. because again, yeah, you, you, if you compare with the, some of your classmates whose parents were not ev- involved, mm-hmm. even for them, they I think tend to not be as enthusiastic and even as involved in their own education. Mm-hmm. Because just looking back again, I think with the education, the thing is, and why I am always I, I agree with strongly that parents should be very involved is because children never understand the value of education, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. children have not reached a point where you can let them you can you can tell them, okay, fine, it's your life, do what you want. You know, mm-hmm. some of the things have to be forced on you. So like, for example, mm-hmm. I remember, like, let's say even KCP. For a lot of us, you know, obviously, with, you feel like you're so woke and you're telling your parents, this is not my whole life, what not. But then <laughs> the thing with KCP again, it uh-huh. enables you to
1: get into a good school. High school, yeah.
0: Yeah, so if you, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't do your best and don't do as well, then you don't mm-hmm. enter a good school. And so probably that contributes to, I don't want to say fate that things might end up badly, but for some, that can be your fate, that if only you performed well, then definitely you're going to a better school and things would have turned out a bit different for you. Mm-hmm. And so if you leave a child to their own devices at a young age and mm-hmm. they don't, mm-hmm. for them, they don't see the value, then mm-hmm. definitely they'll also be very lackluster. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, mm-hmm. you know, it did not matter. And me personally, as was one of those people who probably, if my parents weren't as involved, I mean, God, I summer. my you couldn't see mass, you know. <laughs> see, mask, I remember, uh-huh. yes, yes, see, I used to uh-huh. my, I don't know, I'm not sure I used to tell my parents, but it was just along the lines of tell my parents, it's not an A's not everything, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you guys just love me with an A, with a B, with a C, with a D, just you know, and is not everything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's that moment, but now in retrospect, I'm so glad they, they enforced this, A, like for me to do my best and get this A thing because. Mm-hmm obviously a lot of us will talk about trauma and say that uh parents you know force us to do this thing and uh Uh validation and all these complaints but then you know at this point where i am right now is you know it's better to have as someone said i quoted already sorry it's better to have education Uh and it's better to what wait i've forgotten the quote (laughs)
1: it's okay it's okay it's okay it's okay okay. but
0: just along, along the lines of it's better to Let me use education. It's better to have it, I don't need it,
1: than to watch it and not have it.
0: Ah, thank you. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's true. That's true. true. Yeah.
0: See, the little price, it's better to have the A, I don't need it. Mm -hmm. Then at some point, I'm going for a job interview and they're like, okay, so where are your certificates? And just like,
1: you know, (laughs) check it down. (laughs) And
0: you know, I think that's the wisdom. As my my mom said, the, the distance between a child's years. And a parent's voice is forty years, mm-hmm, and every mm-hmm. day I grew up, and I'm like, oh yeah, so my parents were right on that thing, and now mm-hmm. this. The, I told you so moment, you know. Mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. even just before I give you a chance to give her a joinder, I was talking to someone last week, mm-hmm. uh, in law school, and she was talking about how obviously she's now set to graduate, supposed to graduate this uh, semester, mm-hmm. this this December, but obviously school is bringing her a lot of issues. She has a lot of receipts and all that. Uh-huh. and she says that um, you know it takes a lot of people when they talk about that they'll be like you know I don't care but for her um, it takes a lot of courage actually for her to tell me that in retrospect respect should have done much better like should have put in more effort because even when this she goes when she's looking at now job interviews and all that for people you know everything
1: uh-huh.
0: they always tell her uh, the requirement is second class upper and above Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, even her she saying she knows she's not gonna graduate with that, so by default, she's already disqualified. So, mm-hmm, she might mm-hmm. be she's telling me she might have a personality that sells and she can talk to if she even had the chance to talk to the interviewers, mm-hmm. she'd probably get her way through. But the only issue now is she now can't get there
1: mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they've already sealed
0: her out by the second class upper thing. Mm-hmm. So, her resume is not even going through mm-hmm. 20, please. And so, she's just like, you know, tough mm-hmm. one.
1: I know, I know. Like, like, like it's, it's, it's a cold world out there, I'll be very honest. And that's, that's where education comes in. Education is kind of like a hedge against the cold world. It's like a, it's like a cushion that kind of catches you. But um, on the note that, like, an A is in everything, it, an A is a lot. But yes, it's, it's not everything. But it, it is a lot. And we need to recognize that having good grades is a great thing for now mm. and for in the future. Um, but for those people out there who may not have the, the perfect grade. Like life, life, life doesn't stop with 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 that A. Like again, it's a great thing. Please don't mm-hmm. say it to Oh Bradley said go select. Oh nah, Bradley nah. said, um, <laughs> no, you Bradley... know, in the last episode, someone put in our advice. <laughs> I know, I know. So guys, yeah, stay in school, get get the A. That, it's a great, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. However, that being said, um, there are some people who like you know this guy called Vusi Vusi. I don't know how to say his second name, and I'll butcher it. Yeah. Him, so VT, you know, yeah, the guy I never did like never went to college he 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 said that college couldn't tame the t the second name men or the t family whatever it is and tembequai
0: and, or something yeah something know.
1: like that yeah college um, couldn't couldn't tame his family and 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 like he managed to build a life for himself that's actually very admirable you know and so when i say that an a's and everything it means that like some people like even richard branson they, they, they don't do well in school, but that then means that they've got to work twice as hard. And then working twice as hard, they make twice as much distance as the person who got an A and said, ah, oh, I'm good now. Let me relax. You know? So like life, life isn't a, a black or white thing. It's a very gray thing. And so you've got to try and understand where you fit in this whole chasm of events that, that, that is life and, and try and put yourself in a place that is as beneficial to you as possible. Hence why I say, just get the A anyway. Anyway. I mean, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh but as you say, I think, again, also just realizing your strength. So for some people, equally, you can't, even though you
1: put your best foot forward, you wouldn't get the Yeah. Equally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not that you're dumb. It's just that, by the the other thing with education, quick, quick, quick comment, is education is like, it's a game. You know, there's a, there's a language that the people expect you to use. There's a, there's a style and a format they want you to use. For example, like in referencing, like, you need to reference in a certain way like for us we reference in the harvard style you know it's like mm. but 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 when you're at work like you don't really think to yourself oh i'm, I'm harvard referencing no you just say like, yeah oh, i i read this <laughs> from here and that you know like but but because education is a game and they want you to play the game to their rules some people may not be very well versed in those rules and, and may not be the best at playing that game and they may they may then lose out that doesn't mean you're dumb doesn't mean you're, you're not capable it just means that you may need to change the way you view certain things. You may need to change the way you view life. You may need to work twice as hard in the real world than you do in this educational game. And then maybe you, you possibly actually could make, make make significant progress.
0: Yeah. I think just getting that awareness that probably this system is not worth working for you, mm-hmm. but definitely you have things that work for you better than other people, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, uh, for some people, obviously, like let's even use coding, for example, comes very easy. Mm-hmm. For someone like Billy, when I think about coding, my brain just <laughs> it just says no. It freezes. Think, yeah. Again, that's the beauty of uni. Where I was talking to Akina Max at that time and Joram, mm-hmm. and I was telling them how after this this attachment has made me realize this attachment, uh, my digital attachment to the courts mm-hmm. has made me realize that yes, I'm in actually the right profession. Like I can't imagine myself probably okay. Can you imagine myself doing a couple of other things, but I can't imagine myself probably doing, like, tech. You know how the world now, moving to tech, tech, and like, yeah. getting tech. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine myself now, for example, doing tech because that's mm-hmm. not my stronghold. Mm-hmm. Like, for some people, it comes very easily. For me, it's mm-hmm. you know,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I know what
0: you mean, yeah. So it's for me to understand that, obviously, as the world moves to tech, more opportunities go to tech, more, there's more money in tech. But how with the skills I have... How Correlate I with tech, yeah.
1: Is. You know, that is true. That is true. I, I think that's because tech, tech, or any other field be it medicine, tech, whatever you don't have to be a doctor to be in the medicinal field. You don't have to be a doctor mm. to be in medicine. You know, you could be, a, 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 I don't know what they call them, and I might butcher this again, but like you could be in the legal team for a hospital, you know, for example, or you could be, you know, in legal tech, or you could be in many other things that, that are, touch these different areas, or you could be marketing for technology products, or you could be marketing for a hospital. There's so many ways you could be in the same field, that like maybe you want to be in, but like in a different way, in a, in a, in a new way, for example. And I think... That's one of the things we need to learn is that tech doesn't mean you have to code, but it means that you need to at least have some understanding of the field and know how to penetrate it. Yeah. And that, that comes back to CBC. Hopefully CBC can add that diversity thing to the kids. Anyway, anyway, I with Kidogo. And,
0: uh, and I've just realized that when I, I'm recording
1: this episode with my friends,
0: now Vashia, so I'm sure the listeners have learned a lot about me, so not about you. <laughs> uh-huh. just now with tech again. Mm-hmm. Tell me a bit more about Mafunzo, about running a startup. How has it been? You know, you know how a lot of us romanticize startup life and think, wow. It's amazing. A startup, <laughs> I mean, now,
1: yeah, uh-huh.
0: I'll be a millionaire. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. getting funding. What's that about? And my day is very good. So funding shouldn't, should be literally the
1: least yeah. of my Uh,
0: You know, so for you, how, tell me about startup life. Tell me about Mafunzo.
1: So actually, uh, one of the beauty beautiful things about this year is that I've been involved in three startups, one as an employee, uh, two as a, as a co-founder. And, and um, I'll start with Mafunzu because it's the one that's closest to my heart. I'd say that uh, to be very honest and to be quite frank is that it hasn't gone as well as I wanted it to. And that's that, that responsibility that sits squarely on my shoulders because I think one of the problems we had um, and I'll say particularly I had is trying to run a startup from Australia with a time difference of Kenya and knowing that everybody's busy during the day. So I'm trying to get guys at 9 p.m., which is 2 a.m. in Australia. And then the, the meeting is like two hours long. And then I go to bed at like uh, maybe four, sometimes even 6 a.m. in the morning and I have work or school the next day. You know, that, that, that kind of balance, it was very difficult to, to kind of get it. And so I'd say that it kind of got stifled because of that. Um, that being said also there's many things i could have done better like tons and tons of things and one of the one of the one of the curses i'd say of being ambitious or trying to do these audacious things is that you're very you're very you're very you're very critical of yourself so for me like i get i get into my head a lot and then i as a as a founder kind of beat myself up for not doing the things i needed to do why are you not you know communicating properly why are you not doing this properly and then what happens is that that just reinforces a negative uh, behavior because I'm like I've done so bad already. I, I might I might as well just give up and whatnot. And so that like that's one of the big things about being being a co-founder. The other thing is that um, I'd say for me managing a team doesn't come too hard to me, except that I would probably need more structure to my management style. Uh, managing people's expectations and emotions, I think, because I, I everyone like I I, I try and uh, accommodate everyone. I'm not in it for me. I'm not in it to make a killing for myself. Um, I'm there to try and. Get the best out of everybody, even in their individual in their individual lives. So, trying to get you, for example, if the startup succeeds, I don't stick home all the money. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to do that. I'm actually trying to mm-hmm. have have everyone get something. The way I'd always try to put it is, um, I want the team to be the PayPal Mafia. I want everyone to be a success in their own right, to start their own thing, to be a billionaire if possible. That's like, and I think as 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 a co-founder, that's the best way to approach anything because you want the best for everybody, and, and then it, it gets easy to then. You know guide people on a particular mission and so for me that that part came easy i think just because of the way i was brought up and everything it's, it's been easy to do that um but the more structured bits that came a lot harder i think one of the things i always lack and i've always lacked is like trying to plot down like there's a map actually actually drew a map of where i want us to go but then working on every action point individually like that, that gets hard because then i like I feel like, oh, no, we're not doing enough, so let's, you know, try and skip a few points and get to that, that other point instead, try and scale a bit quickly, and it doesn't work out. That's that's kind of, you know, one, one of my vices. But I, again, you always learn and work on it. Um, for my second startup, which was called Cafe Brew, this is like a, a, a drink startup. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the thing I learned, actually, which is similar to Mofunzo, is that being present physically as a team goes a long way, because we used to have meetings virtually because you know this new covid world we were trying to be fancy anyway eventually we started having meetings in one of our, our co-founders homes and it was it was easier it was more structured we could at least like you know ping ideas off each other and then another thing i learned is that once the idea pinging is finished it's always best to work individually like once you've you've, you've kind of found an idea you want to work on don't keep don't keep working as a group like separate into your own corners and then work like divvy up the work and work on those things like one of us will work on the pitch deck another will work on the product another will work on like the financials of the of of the of the of the actual products the other will work on like the marketing and that then kind of comes together to form this big you know this big this big brand and this big company so that's one of the things i learned another thing i learned um there's so much learning honestly uh (laughs) i think i learned that about funding actually um luckily I was able to fund one of the startups and that was an amazing, it's a great feeling <laughs> because, because you get to fund the startup, but it's kind of deject, dejected if you don't get the amount of funding you wanted. You know, it's kind of like, I want this amount of funding and you're going to give me this. And then they gave you like a low amount of funding. And you're like, damn, that that doesn't really meet our goals, you know? And so you have to be able to manage that kind of up and down emotion. And I think as a co-founder, especially because it's your baby, it's, this is your child. And you want it to grow up and be successful, you know. So when you find that it's not getting the kind of resources it needs, that kind of hurts. And, um, yeah, it was learning how to manage those emotions. Also learning how to, you know, plan a pitch, how to um, plan a pitch deck, how to do all that kind of stuff, how to actually um, sell it on the day to investors. That's, that's, a, that's it's a very, it was, it was a steep learning curve. And um, another lesson I learned is how to take a no. I took it terribly the first time. Um, this is now with Mofonzo. We actually had a, our first meeting with a potential client. And um, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but basically he said no. And let me tell you, like again, being an ambitious, competitive human being, that no stings. Like, it hurts. It's, it's the most painful thing you will hear as, 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 as a co-founder. You get used to it eventually, but the first one, hey, that, mm. you it for, that, that one sticks for life. It sticks for life. So... Um, I'd say that learning how to bounce back from that, I haven't, I would not I say I'm, I'm good at it yet. I won't say I'm, I'm perfect. I would not say I'm the, the ideal co-founder, but I'd say that I, I appreciate the learning curve. I appreciate that I now know how to bounce back from a no. I appreciate that I now know how to work with a team. I appreciate that I now know how to get a startup funded and et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's not the, by the way, don't start a startup. That's my advice to anyone who wants to start a startup. And if you still want to start a startup, I would say that put everything into it. So that's all I can say. Really? Tell me, why wouldn't you advise someone to start a startup? Uh, because if I say don't start a startup and you actually don't start a startup then you're not going to survive the actual startup. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if, if, if you persevere through the don't start a startup and you really want to start one then I'd say, okay, like, know that it's going to literally take everything from you and be willing to give all of that. It's like, it's like a, a relationship. It's like it's whole new, this whole new entity. It's like a relationship. You have to give everything to it and you have to like, you the startup is like a human being. You have to like work together, bro. It's like it's honestly you have to understand this and and and, and work with it and, and honestly be willing to take the nose when they come. You know that's one of the things I've learned.
0: Yeah. So again, with that, talk to me a bit about how, how what goes through the mind of an ambitious man. Tell me a bit about that. Talk to my listeners about that. Hi, how listeners. is it? <laughs> have you always been ambitious? Is it something you pick up? Is it acquired? what drives this ambition, what makes you hungry to, you know, pursue your dreams despite the no's, despite sometimes the difficulties, despite the challenges. And again, I keep on telling you, one thing I really admire about you is your grind. Like, you know, your grind mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. second to none. You always know oh, um, what I told you is that, in this Mafuzu thing. I was also part of it in a, in a small way. He's my teammates. And Bradley, as he told you, would wake up, imagine someone waking up at 2 a.m to have a meeting with people in kenya at around for us that's around 9 p.m 9 9 9 p.m yeah and he's awake from that 2 a.m to 4 a.m to 6 a.m sometimes and you know he has a class the next morning he has assignments but he'll sacrifice sleep Uh, and that's the time they sleep
1: it's nice that's a sweet that's the best (laughs) sleep (laughs) that <laughs> two, <at> 2 to <laughs> 6 a.m. sleep it's unmatched it's unmatched, it's unmatched <laughs> literally and
0: that time Bradley's waking up to actually coordinate a team of a boy like Bill who will come and tell him hey I might be late give me a few minutes someone else will say ah, I can't make it now but Bradley will stick on the whole meeting and he's telling you this is at 9 a.m. 9 p.m. ends at 10 p.m. and he'll keep time for you the rest who are just being like cluster yet someone is waking up at some at 2 a.m. to attend this meeting.
1: Ungodly so, hours. I don't, I don't recommend, recommend it. Like, as I say, as I say, don't don't start a startup. It's it's don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> so first,
0: congrats, bro. Like, I'm proud of you. Like oh, cheers. when oh, I congrats. grow up. When I grow up.
1: Oh, thanks. So tell
0: Thank me you. about this
1: ambition uh, being an ambitious man. Tell me more about that. Uh I think firstly, uh, I'd say shout out to the team because like you, you don't Go, I have this saying, You do Nothing gets built in a vacuum. You don't build anything in a vacuum. You need people. You need ideas. You need other things to try and you know build something. And so, from um, okay, I'm not gonna say names because so in case I don't get named, but everyone was on the team. And if you listen to this, you know yourself. Shout out to you. Like it's 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 honestly like it, it means a lot that you are part of it. And it, it really like it, it, having that kind of commitment from other people as well. It's a beautiful thing. Now to the ambition. Um, I'd say that like. Ambition ambition comes from different areas. I mean, I hey, let me tell you, this year has been a year of learning. One of the things I learned is that you can be ambitious in, in two kinds of ways. Some people are ambitious because they've seen poverty, and they never, ever, ever, ever want to taste poverty. And others are ambitious because they want to make an impact in society. They want to do something to society. Both of them aren't bad. Like, there's no better sort of ambition. Like, they just different types of ambition maybe there's even more than two maybe but but that, those are the kind of two that I've, I've honed in on and so you'll often hear people saying that oh i'm working hard because i don't want to be poor i want to be rich and whatnot and that's okay like there's there's nothing wrong with wanting money money is a good thing please chase money <laughs> please, ch- <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah like honestly don't, don't be told don't be fooled and told that you are avoid nah 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 get the bag just get the bag now um the second thing is the impact thing i think i, I fall more into the impact thing Again, I'm very well aware of my financial situation. Or oh, I wouldn't say mine, the one I was born into. I got lucky. I was I was lucky. If I wasn't born into it, I just kinda of got lucky that my parents worked hard and got here, you know, in their lives. Um so I, I think that kind of tempers down my desire for financial for, for materialistic things. Also, besides that, I, I don't take for granted that I was raised Seventh day Adventist. Seventh SDs are notoriously averse to material things. Notoriously. Like... Like, <laughs> they, <laughs> like Maybe some, maybe some may like the flashy things in life, but most of them like they're traditional, you know, like uh, conservative people, you know. And so, being raised in in Seventh Day Adventism, it's like for me the I never really wanted like a brand, a brand new watch. Okay, I like watches. That's a bad example. A brand new car, or like you know these fancy new shoes and whatnot. For me, like for example, I only have two pairs of shoes I wear nowadays. They're the same exact shoe, just different color. You know, I I I I have one. I wear one color these days, I don't try and like, do fancy stuff and that's because I've been raised in this particular particular religion I think, it goes a long way in, in who I am the other thing is that um, the way I was brought up again, um, one of the things my dad always said is, he didn't ever like, while he did understand that he wanted these things in life, like a nice house, a nice family, a nice car, whatnot, not the, the priority was always to make an impact to try and do good for the, he's a doctor by the way to do good for the patient, to do good for the people he sees, to try and at least leave them better off than you found them, you know. And that's kind of where I got my ambition, is that I, I want I, I want to leave a mark on this world. I want to at least have done something that will be left for posterity to enjoy. You know, I don't want to mm-hmm. just have existed as a flickering flame and have done nothing meaningful to, 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 for the world. And so I think that's really where my ambition stems from. It's It's this idea that I'm constantly chasing impact. I'm constantly trying to Try to make a difference, man. Just try to make the world a better place. Even in the smallest things, just try to do it a bit better. When you meet someone, like, um, okay, I'll try to make this quick. I've met many people. Yeah, I've met many people over the last year. And in every single meeting, I've tried to make make it such that they feel good about having met me. And that's not in a people-pleasing kind of way, but in the kind of way that I've bettered your life just by having that conversation with you. Mm. From that small uh, example to the whole example of having a company that benefits people, that's just, that's all I want to do, because that's really what what kind of drives me, and that being said, I also kind of like, I, like, I also want a nice house, I want a nice car, I would like to have nice clothes, you know, like, I, I don't be, I'm not like, there's a guy called Sam Backman-Fried, I'm not that kind of guy, I, I would like to wear <laughs> nice clothes, yeah, I, I actually, like, <laughs> I like decent stuff, you know, <laughs> but mm-hmm. variety is always the impact. Yeah. Yeah. And, hey,
0: I'm so proud, and like, when I listen, listen to this, you see how my circle, full of winners <laughs> because all of you guys are amen all are all amen amen and amen, amen. Exactly. and for me I think that's something that from now on will even drive me and make me more cautious with amen. the things I want to do because when you have people around you who want to do better not only for themselves but also for the poor around them the society at large I think uh, that must mean something and must account mm-hmm, for something mm-hmm. you know so for mm-hmm. you in this moment what impact um you know, would you like to make, so what does 40-year-old Bradley, what's the end goal for Bradley in terms of impact, you know? And then you, I was even reading something and someone was saying, you can't keep ambition contained for long. And so that's why I love this for you, bro. So tell thank me, you, so you, what you, impact really it is this. for you? In the um, mom- you can tell me what it is for you in the moment, like in the next probably even 10 years, what would you like to see happen? And you can tell me your, long go- your long-term goal, the one that if you die having owned a fortune 500 company, if that's impact to you, Mm -hmm. if you die having made uh, a few people go to school, if that's what impact is to you, Mm -hmm. you know, so
1: for you, what is that impact? Um, for me, I'd say uh, it it goes back to the whole thing of diversity. Like, uh, I, I want to do different things and have different impacts in different areas, different industries. Um, for those who know me, I love football. Uh, so one of the things I really want to see happen is like, I, you know, I tried to be a football player, uh, for those of you who don't know again, is I, I played football, I'd say semi-pro in Kenya, and I played in like the Sepharicom tournaments and whatnot. I missed a penalty, but that, that's a side a side comment. So um, what have you done <laughs>
0: is the question. Uh,
1: many, many things many things, <laughs> many things, many things, many things, many things. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm just a child. Now... Um, so I, I know like the experience of trying to be a football player in Kenya is one of the most like it's one of the most disheartening experiences because like, you just see no opportunity ahead. Like you see no end road, you see no light at the end of the tunnel. It's it's kind of hard, you know. And so for me, one of the things I want to do is to create a sort of a system or like a league that that kind of channels youth into better leagues, whether in fact the ideal is to have a, a regional East African league that is competing with leagues like the Premier League or like you know Bundesliga and whatnot then you can have youth from, our, from like local backgrounds, rural backgrounds and you know our local clubs get followed to those teams in our own league that is competitive. That's the ideal in that particular industry. So I want to do that. In education, I think I would really love education. And this is why I see education going is to make it such that everybody can partake in, 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 in a high quality education. So for me, what that means is having a hybrid system of education where You can have some kids who are virtual, some kids who are physical, and then they could actually, you know, do both. Sometimes, like, a few days you're virtual, a few days you're physical. So that, first of all, the cost of of learning goes down. Because when you're at home, you're spending less money than if you're being transported by the bus, eating the school food, wasting school... I won't say wasting, but using school electricity. Like, you know, like, like if you're at home learning virtually, you're actually cutting some costs. And if that could help cut the cost of education as a whole, and then maybe make it more... uh, accessible and affordable for kids who may not have that kind of uh, opportunity, that'd be a fantastic thing to have achieved in my life. You know, that'd be a beautiful mm-hmm. thing to have achieved. Um, another thing I'd love to do is, uh, this, like, pan-Africanism is a very big word that kind of makes people seem as if they mean the best. Like, it's a word that everyone uses to make them, like, kind of, I would say, a virtue signal, to make them look like they're good Africans. But the fact is, pan-Africanism is a very complicated thing to achieve. And so I'm going to make my goal a bit more manageable, a bit more, I wouldn't say small, still a very big goal, but to at least have played a part in the regional integration of Africa Mashariki, you know, like Africa, East Africa, you know, to have it have it be like a united, a united, I wouldn't say one country, but at least have some some blood lines within our boundaries so that people can cross freely. Like I remember there used to be can you imagine there used to be a point where we had regional education like East Africa had its type of education and Rwanda's education was the same as Uganda. I found this out reading Kagame's really? book. really. Yeah, Kagame mm-hmm. Kagame was telling was was saying how like he he learned similarly to like in Uganda he learns content that was still applicable in Rwanda and I was thinking about how that would make like the, the the transportation or the 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 movement of labor like easier. People could easily go like I could work in Arabia and you know move get a job in Rwanda get a job in in Tanzania get a job in a Burundi, and that'd be amazing. So if, if that can happen as well, I'd be very happy. And ultimately, just try and make you know a few changes here and then in, in in this world. Mm, interesting. We'll come back in two
0: years and see where our goals are, where we are. Oh
1: damn! Two years is a pressing, quick time. It you know? hey, Give me, give me like five years. Give me like five years. Of ah, no pressure. I'm just saying <laughs> example,
0: where our minds would be at. Maybe your your goals would have shifted. Maybe like maybe, no maybe. pressure whatsoever. Yeah, you
1: know? for sure,
0: for sure. Like. When we actualize this goal, we just sit back and be like, let's play that episode and let's get to, to what the our goals, younger bro. selves are thinking, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Speak it <laughs> to existence, bro, you know.
0: Inshallah. The universe We're is listening. We wind up. I have a couple of questions as we wind up. I know with me and you can talk
1: for hours on end. Yeah. but uh, Those late late night car vibes, bro. Billy, uh, really one day you come visit, back. come visit. Sorry, so just drop you home. Just so I can drop you home and then we <laughs> chill in the nice. car. I'll even text you
0: off the record. Yeah, yeah um okay about ambition Talk talk to me a bit about um because there's something you said you just mentioned i want to in your one of your statements previously and talk to me about ambition in terms of when do you know that now you're just being delusional and that some of these goals of yours cannot be achieved or when you know that the realistic goals as majibo says People tell you realistic goals are people who don't want you to, you know, <laughs> get to where you are. So uh-huh. are there, is there something like a realistic goal or should you be as ambitious as the sky is? Uh-huh. And two is, with that again, and this is a question I also asked Max in the previous episode is, uh-huh. would you think it's more detrimental that we compare ourselves to the 1%? And the reason that the 1%, for you uh-huh. to be the 1%, you'll be 0.000. The chances are, your odds are very low. To be mm-hmm. the one percent. So is it very is it more detrimental for us to compare ourselves to the one percent? Then mm-hmm. we get to a trance where we feel like we're inadequate because I'm not making the same money Jeff Bezos is making or mm-hmm. people my age in the states are making? Mm-hmm. Or is it more beneficial where it's a case of shoot for the stars and land on the moon? So even mm-hmm. though you might never make it to the one percent, just having the ambition that one day that drive that you can potentially make it quote unquote in your head, but you won't, mm-hmm. just makes you you know be closer to where you are even than someone who
1: didn't dream of that and so they you know are more complacent uh-huh, uh-huh. i get you i get you um okay how do you do know your delusional i i would i would say that uh the way it's always it's always good to think about it is like this like have dreams that are that that that, that kind of correlate with how hard you work so if you work extremely hard have massive dreams. Have the biggest dreams. In fact, have delusional dreams. I would say. But if you're mm-hmm. the kind of person who doesn't work that hard, I'd say then, like, I, 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 <laughs> I would <mean>, say, <laughs> I would no, say, don't have dreams. say don't have dreams. But what I say is work harder. But all I say is work harder. Like yeah. dream, but like it's always, like you're only delusional when you're not putting in the kind of work that's necessary to achieve the kind of dream that you have. If your work is matching your dream, there's nothing like delusion. Just that that's that's the basic that's the basic point. Um so yeah, the delusion only happens when you're dreaming about the stars and working for sand. Like you're working to get to get sand. You know, that that doesn't work. Mm. But if you're dreaming for the stars or if you're dreaming about the moon and striving for the stars, bro, like continue having delusion. Dream about different galaxies, different universes. That's possible. That is possible. Um yeah, that's how that's how I put it. Uh, for for the one percent thing, I'd say that it's always good to have big goals like Never, never feel as if like um, I'm putting myself up against people like Jeff Bezos uh, Elon Musk uh, who else is there I don't know Warren Buffett etc cetera, et cetera, is a bad thing it's, it's always good to have those kind of people you know set the example for you uh, what again it goes back to working hard as long as you're putting in the effort you will you will actually you know get to a point where you're like yes i have achieved my goals uh, the thing I would actually recommend though is that don't, 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 don't make them your end all and be all. These people, these, these men aren't gods. And so there was actually a very large amount of luck involved in them getting to where they are. And they will never admit it because it makes, it, it goes against the image they've curated for the public. But the fact is they were born in uh in, in San Francisco or they, they got the, they had easy access to San Francisco. They were able to be in the tech market at the perfect time when it was taking off you know bezos was able to you know go to seattle he went to a good school that kind of stuff you know he was born in a country that actually values certain things like innovation and enterprise so you know to to some degree they were lucky so don't 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 try and compare your luck to theirs but if you can compare your work to theirs in your situation and it's, it's always good to have like them as a target um for comparing yourself with like you mentioned comparing like with how much people earn in the US I would say that comparison is a thief of joy and I've come to learn that you know increasingly as as I've gotten older. Your 20s, your early 20s especially, I like to say they are they are characterized by this sense of impending stagnation. Like we always fear stagnating and then our friends going ahead of us and just going beyond beyond what we've achieved. You know that's something we fear. It's like, okay, am I doing enough? You know, am I, am I? Then you compare with like kids in the U.S. or kids in kids in I don't know China or kids wherever, and you're like, oh no, I'm not doing enough. I'm not earning enough. I'm struggling. Or even kids in Kenya who are from different backgrounds. You're like, I'm, oh, they're doing better than me. I'm struggling. I, I think the thing is to understand that that's just a normal part of your twenties. The problem is that it, that kind of comparison has been heightened by social media, constantly being able to peer into. The good parts of people's lives, and so you feel like oh, they're always doing well, but you never see the dark moments when they're crying in their room or when they're, they're staying up till two a.m. to try and you know have a meeting. Like you don't see that. You'll see the good bits because that's what we show you, mm-hmm. but the hard bits you will never see. So don't like compare yourself with other people. I'd say is, is a no-go zone. But striving for the best always do always do that. And finally, um, I'd say that ambition ambition is a dangerous thing if it if it's not mm. if it's not well managed if it's not directed if it's not channeled into you know actual work it tends to be very depressing because you, you can be ambitious very ambitious but not do so much and then what happens is you hate yourself for not achieving the goals you set which are very high goals and that's why i say you're only delusional when you don't work as hard as you want as 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 your dreams dictate you know if you're not doing putting the work in for your dreams that's when you're delusional if you're putting the work in and you have the craziest dreams bro just go for it mm-hmm. that's it that's it that's it for me yeah and i
0: agree with that you again just think about everyone has different circumstances and what their circumstances were are very different from what yours are mm-hmm. i think obviously in a future episode we're going to talk about even how you know how we compare ourselves to our parents and say we need to be probably richer and do better than our parents but again is that the reality for a lot of us, especially that mm-hmm. uh, uh, there are statistics that say that we might be less wealthy than our parents' generation. Mm-hmm. But again, you see, even, as uh, you talked about even, to say, someone told me, you want to drop out of your own, this poor, you're comparing yourself with by dropping out of Harvard. So mm-hmm. I think, uh, take a back, you can think about a, that a bit. And even if you look at stories like SBF, uh, Sam Bachman-Fried, mm-hmm. like just seeing how, you know, like how he was able to dupe all these people and <laughs> it's just a matter of, his uh, fa- of obviously we can discuss this on hours and then i don't know what your thoughts are but mm-hmm. for me just thinking, looking at it i'm just thinking obviously you have white privilege you have parents who've worked mm-hmm. was it, is mm-hmm. it in stanford
1: yeah the lecturers it's at stanford bro like obviously you have an advantage obviously a, obviously you're lucky
0: obviously how yeah. many stanford alumna have mm-hmm. graduated and now your parents are networks and you can tap into that very exactly, easily. Exactly. You know, like, that just sells your credibility by miles. And then, obviously, if Bradley has invested in you and you come to Billy, and Billy knows Bradley has invested, Billy won't even do his due diligence. Billy like,
1: I, I'm Bradley there. You, say, I'm there. I'm, I we will bring the check I sign. I say, ah!
0: come on, Bradley, and eat me, you know, <laughs> But how yeah, many yeah. people can actually get that far and actually even sit in Congress in a in a shirt and just basketball basketball shorts when the rest of us would actually even have to be in a full suit? A full what's suit. not? You oh. didn't even address these people mm-hmm. if you you know. So as you said, I think obviously luck plays and obviously everyone's circumstances plays a different. I have, role. I have one comment, one quick comment.
1: Feel free to make. Um, there's a okay, there's a controversial character, uh, known known as Jordan Peterson. And, and mm-hmm. he's, he's he's a kind of guy that you have to be critical, to, critical about when you're listening because he's very clever. So he'll make clever comments and then he'll turn around and say something completely dumb, which I don't understand how that happens. But that happens. So one really clever comment he made is um, success is a very narrow line and very unlikely. So the probability that you stumble upon it randomly is zero. So back to the thing for ambition is like, you're definitely, like, you You really have to plan to be successful. You don't just stumble on success. You really have to work for that. The second thing is Barack Obama, speaking about this, you know, being lucky and whatnot, Barack Obama made a comment about his presidency and he said that as a first black president, he had to do a lot more in terms of image management, like managing his image, than other white presidents. Like, Clinton before him had, you know, had a scandal and was re-elected. You know, Reagan was not, it was kind of racist. You know, Bush, Bush, Bush was starting wars for fun, you know, but Barack Obama really had to be aware that as the first black president, he does anything. That's the image they have of black presidents forever, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's the same thing with, with people like in tech or like people like SBF, SBF, like he's, there's people like Bill Gates and Zuckerberg who or like, particularly Zuckerberg who've worn right. I wouldn't say raggedy clothes, but not the fanciest clothes. And you can see that they made millions or billions. So when SPF does it, they're like, ah, another white guy wearing, you know, a grey shirt and basketball shorts, definitely going to be a billionaire. But yeah, <laughs> but you guys like us, like we have to, we have to try because there's no one they can compare us to. We, we're the first, and so we have to be able to set a good example for everybody else. Yeah, that's so yeah, fucked. I think quick, quick Sorry, yeah, that was one.
0: No, I just agree with you. Even with Barack Obama, just thinking. He's one of the people in the world I just think about. and just like, if there's someone who has the best PR, he's it's definitely get. on top.
1: Whoever his PR um, manager is, I want them. I want them. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. it's
0: crazy. He's good, good. great PR. Like, so obviously from yeah. how he presents himself to his mm-hmm. speeches, like you never find people criticizing him. Even though he does something, like you'll never find a lot That's of critic about Barack and, you know, mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. there's the one or two, but it's always...
1: Like um, the majority of the man, fast. yeah, the majority, yeah. sees as like some sort of like he, he's honestly he, he had the perfect PR. Honestly, I don't know whoever did it, but they did an amazing job. Amazing job, yes. That one, we give them their flowers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so,
0: even as we wind up, mm-hmm. talk to me about earlier in the podcast, you talked about um, you're not the same person you were when you left, yeah. So, for you at this point, what are some of the things you feel like you've changed? What are some of the aspects in your own? Individual professional
1: lives that you in life that you've grown in. I think I think I now appreciate the difficulty of actually starting and running a startup. It 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 isn't like when you start. Of course, you start feeling the hype of you know I want to be a founder. I'm your co-founder. I want to do this. I want to do that, and excitement carries you for for like the first first part of it. But then the, the excitement dies. The euphoria kind of dissipates, and then you're left with the hard work, and that's when you realize that. The rubber has to meet the road i really have to burn the midnight oil to get to where i want to get to and so learning that you know no matter how euphoric it may seem at first there's always going to be hard work involved it's a big lesson i've learned and and it may seem like a simple lesson but until you actually get boots on the ground and do it you, you don't get to like actually understand the the magnitude and the gravity of, of the work that's needed to succeed the other thing i've learned is um i think it's. I would say I've learned but I've reinforced my understanding that everybody has a story. Every. Every single person has a story. The other day, I met um Paul. I don't know if you know Paul, and and, and we sat down, and I was actually heading out of a gallery at the time, and I I paid. Actually, I was, I think I paid for parking, and I was heading off. You know, I was like, ah, oh, I'm going home, and then I saw him, and like, because I think I, given that I've grown from who I was, I said this is a guy I haven't seen in a long time. Forget whatever agenda I had, I'm sitting down on this and we're having a conversation. And so we sat and we talked and I listened to him and, you know, he listened to me and we had a conversation and you, you, like, you understand how life is so different for different people. You know, mm. I ha- another example is I talked to a homeless person, you know, uh, when I was in Australia. Life is extremely different. Recently, I had the great privilege again, fortunate, I, I, lucky, I call, I call it lucky, I got lucky, or blessed, let me say blessed, I got blessed, and then I met our former president, Uhuru Kanata, and again, you meet someone from a completely different sector of life, you know, or, you know, you meet all these, like, I met CEOs in Australia, I met um, people who work in high high, high offices, and it's like, bro, these these people have such different stories that you kind of recognize life isn't linear, like, and never let anyone tell you life is linear, you, you may see people following a particular path, and maybe that path has worked for a long time but if you ever find yourself kind of deviating doesn't mean you're in the wrong it just means you have a different journey a different story to tell so that was one of the big lessons i learned um the third lesson i learned is the big actually this is actually a very important lesson this is to anybody who finds themselves struggling to like make the best of your day plan for tomorrow today like always like as a simple lesson plan for tomorrow today like as kids we would always like you know, fold our school uniform, have it ready, we would have our diaries like planned out what homework we're going to do and whatnot. you know but as we got older, we kind of let go of those habits because we felt like you know we, we could manage ourselves better. Fact is if you have a di- okay if you don't have a diary, get a diary. I, I don't mean the one for journaling like your thoughts that, that's good as well, but I mean the one for planning your, your day. Get a diary and every evening plan the things you want to do the next day and set out the clothes so you're going to do those things in. If you're going to the gym, Put your gym clothes at the very top of the pile. So when you wake up, there's no thinking, there's no looking. It's just pick up the clothes, wear them, and you're in the gym. You know, that goes a long way in setting, you know, the precedence, your precedence for the day. And it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's, I cannot understate how important planning for tomorrow, today is. It's just, it's, it's magic. Hmm, interesting. Um,
0: first off, I just want to say, first, the podcast, that's your sign. I think you oh, <laughs> you? that's your sign. You don't need anything. <laughs> I might, I might, I might.
1: But but I, I don't think I have one of the things I really admire for, and I'm going to repeat it again: is consistency. If I had, if I had your consistency, Billy, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be bezos by now, bro. Like honestly, <laughs> that, it's, that consistency you have, like, don't ever let go of it, because that think it's going to take you to the moon and beyond, like to infinity and beyond. Inshallah, from a month too. No, it's happening. Forget all that, but no, no, It's happening. I'm not telling you, it's happening. It's a prophecy, hey, hey, hey. yo. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I need to hear it's that this hey. season has
0: been one crazy season. I tell you, we'll obviously we now we can might even record another episode and just talk about this because for yeah, me for this sure, season has sure. been so crazy that you telling me that just
1: makes me feel wow. You know, bro, you're on the right track. Don't even doubt. Hey, it. hey. yeah, don't even you doubt. See, it. Give up? I never, bro. I, my dad will tell you, bro. We don't give up here. Here yeah, we don't give we up. Don't give up here. <laughs> give up here. <laughs> you, you may, may still lose. Love me. It's okay to lose. <laughs> it's okay to lose. We will love uh, whatever, and, and don't give up. Easy. Uh, yeah. Say
0: less. Uh, <laughs> you, Apple, for sure, say less. Yeah. Because, yeah, been a crazy season. But first, yes, of course, uh, a podcast. And then I just wanted to re- give a re- rejoin on what you said last, where I was watching I uh, a video where someone was saying that all these one-percenters that we compare ourselves to and all these CEOs, uh sometimes what they do is, as you said, prepare for tomorrow today so they, they think the little things like setting up their clothes uh taking out their clothes and preparing them they do that the previous day so that in the next morning those are things they're not worrying their minds about in exactly. the morning so they exactly. get straight into you know what they the serious do. stuff
1: yeah i don't know how true that psychology is but bro actually for me so like honestly I, i've had the best days when i set my clothes up literally even if you don't plan just panga your clothes the clothes you're going to, do, to-, you to do just panga like hey. if you, want to, if you want to run in the morning get your shoes, put them there where you're going to wear them, put your put your shorts, put your your hoodies, your, your your sweatshirt, or whatever, and you'll find it a lot easier to go for the run. Mm,
0: yeah, so that's much, So
1: much easier. No excuses,
0: because you've already removed. So I couldn't
1: but, excuse yeah. I could <laughs> <laughs> But lastly, now this is the last of the last. Yeah, go ahead,
0: go ahead. I told you, you can go four hours on end. Mm-hmm, um... Mm-hmm. How have you been able to now to manage your intrusive thoughts and you get into your head a lot? How have you able to manage that? Because, of course, highly successful people and very intelligent people is called, I think, is it the Dunning-Kruger effect where you doubt yourself more or you put more pressure on yourself mm-hmm. or you have more intrusive thoughts. So that's why less competent people are more confident and so they go for things, <laughs> you know. Uh, that's actually funny, uh-huh. But I it's true, like someone who doesn't know something. Hey, you know, But <laughs> you know, Bradley, who's, who's very smart, will now want to think oh, about thanks. how how should I do this? What's the angle? How will this come out? Should I use this approach? Billy and Tuni Fala <laughs> will just make up and do this thing.
1: let to think about it. <laughs> Billy Sifala, by the way, guys. Billy Cifala. <laughs> <see> <laughs> <laughs> don't buy into that I'm thinking. Fala the relative. But yeah, <laughs> so um. how
0: have you been able to deal with your with the, all these thoughts in your head? And mm-hmm. that, is it getting easier, or the more strides you make, the more they come? But you just have to, you know,
1: beat them at the end of the day. Um, that's okay. Two parts to that question. So I'd say the first one: How do I deal with the intrusive thoughts? I, well, I think it's it's as with everything. I'd say that it's an ongoing process. You you're constantly learning. You're constantly finding out how to how to um manage yourself. I think one of the big things that I'd always recommend to people is to study themselves. And so what might work for me may not work for you. What I do is I kind of try and, it may be toxic, it may not be toxic. I don't know how you guys would view it, but um, I actually enjoy being being on my own. And so if I'm on my own and I have particular thoughts I want, I either write them down and that kind of gets them out of my head and onto paper or onto the computer, or I voice them. I like I li- I literally actually talk to myself, guys. Yes, I am, I am crazy. Yes, I I do talk to myself. Um, but it 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 kind of sometimes it helps you realize how crazy what you're saying is. Like, if I if I'm voicing out my like my intrusive thought, let's say it's you know. Badly, you're obese. And I'm, I'm looking at the mirror or something like that. I mean, it's, it's thought, and it's like, okay, no, you're not, bro. You know, like you kind of realize how dumb the thought is when you actually say it out loud. And so that, that mm-hmm. kind of helps it. And also writing it down, when you read it, it kind of it shows just how stupid it is. Um, but also, yeah, managing emotions is another thing. I'd say um, the simple stuff, like going for a walk. They, I don't know why I heard this, but they say, at the, if you're feeling like the world hates you, go for a walk. If you're feeling like you hate yourself, go for a shower. Like, go shower. That Like, simple stuff like that. Letting light in. There's someone who said, like, Demon, demons hate fresh air and light. So, if you're feeling like you're kind of getting into your own head, open the window, get fresh air. That really helps clarify your mind. Um, The second part... What was the second part of the question? I'm really sorry. I forgot. Um, Has it gotten easier or the more strides you make the... You oh, know? yeah. Has it gotten easier? I think... Hmm... Easy is relative. You kind of get better at doing it. I don't think it gets easier. You just get better at doing it. It's like, it's like having braces. I have braces, by the way. It's like having braces. The pain never goes away. That's what I think. I have a friend called Jamie. I love him. Love him to death. He told me when I first got braces, he's like, the pain never goes away. You just get used to the pain, you know. So the intrusive thoughts, they may never disappear, but that's the kind of the price we pay um, for being ambitious. But you kind of get better at managing them and to a point where they really don't affect you anymore. I don't know how many of you guys have watched the movie um, A Beautiful Mind. And so this guy, brilliant mathematician, who sees things, He has, he's schizophrenic, I think. And so at the end of the movie, someone asks him, like, do you still see things? And he says, yes, but I pay them no attention. And so it's the same thing with your intrusive thoughts. Like, yes, you may still have the occasional intrusive thoughts, but if you paid no attention, if you've learned how to manage it, then it gets better.
0: Mm, interesting i think uh i'll let the listeners a of and of the and tell us all the things they've loved and learned about this episode i keep on telling you guys that recording episodes with you guys is very I <laughs> I need to this more open
1: yeah for sure for sure
0: uh, i was just thinking so i told you i was thinking recording episodes with friends is, i used to think would be very difficult because i know you guys and someone is mm. wondering what questions can i ask bradley which ones are too personal which Mm -hmm. I ask, which I did share with me in confidence, I can't ask on the podcast. But I'm actually finding
1: it very interesting to...
0: So we need to actually do this more often.
1: Yeah, bro, like, it's always because the thing is, I don't know, uh, with your friends, you have certain conversations, but on a podcast, like, it's a different... Type of con- conversation, so you get to learn different types of things about your friends. So it's yeah. like it was like I'm learning something new about Billy. You're learning something new about me because as friends, we're always laughing, you know, playing Monopoly, doing chapping stories. So it's like we never actually like have time. Okay, we do have time for that, but like we never actually sit down for an hour and a half just picking at each other's minds. And so we don't get to learn that many things about each other. Okay, I think it's bad. I think it's not bad. We learn many things about each other. It's just that like the, the format of the podcast is different, so the the content yeah. you get from. me <laughs> In a nutshell, in a nutshell.
0: (laughs) True. So, guys, have a lovely week ahead, folks, and cheers. We
1: love you.